shape your behavior. The less you do that, the less it's going to shape your behavior. That's my perspective on it. So mm. someone like me that's going to spend 10 hours today on the internet, like either recording this podcast, creating videos, things like that, like that much of my behavior today was influenced by it. Um, but okay. yeah. somebody that's not on social media or like not mm. on the internet isn't getting influenced by it at least directly in their day to day. Although like they might indirectly get influenced because society slowly changes. Right. But right. they're not getting affected as much. This will be two fiftieth episode made to the show. This is wow. Two hundred and fiftieth yes. episode. Two hundred and fifty subscribers. Now in Nevada. And 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 fifty is also the number on our merch, which you guys can get now at coming soon. Teespring.com. Twenty five only shirt. being sold. But that's not important. What is important is our guest today, Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome on the show. The Daily Bay. Yo. Welcome to the show. Appreciate Tell it. Us. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thank you. Tell Thank us a bit about uh, what you do, Ryan. Uh, the kind of condensed version is I grew up in this really small town in the middle of nowhere, and your only way out is either go to Vegas or Reno, um, Nevada, and I opted for Vegas. My parents were like, no way. That is like known as Sin City. You're going to go to Reno. <laughs> Showed up there. I stumbled into a class in psychology that I really enjoyed. I just kind of chased that. It was an area called behavior analysis. A lot of the applications are in helping people with uh, intellectual disabilities, um, autism, other neuro differences, and helping them like learn skills, socialize, achieve different goals that they want to achieve. Um, but there's a lot of possibilities for the science to be used in all sorts of different areas. And as I started to read, learn more, I realized that there was a uh, behavior analyst that had worked in um, a lot of really cool projects, like uh, within helping NASA during the space race, like solve some issues with human behavior. Um, there was some things with healthy eating, selecting, um, selecting healthy eating habits, uh, fitness related things. It's like there's there's applications Ryan. all over. <laughs> Sorry, I have to stop you. What uh, with the space uh, behavior? I heard space and NASA, and I uh, was NASA? like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were so, I was like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What happened? So, so uh, there's what was going on was um, in the my understanding recollection of all these things, right? I read on Wikipedia. I talk to people at conferences. Like I'm piecing together. I'm sure it's not perfectly accurate, but bear with me. This is pretty close. I think um, what it is is they we're racing against right ussr trying to like get up there and put a man on the moon and during that time it was just like can we strap this like um you know rocket and try to see if we can get up there safely during that time there wasn't a whole lot of forethought into like um the selection process of who they put into those sort of situations how they train them it was basically like can you withstand this like do you have the skills to fly this thing like there was a lot of critical things we we're selecting for but one of the biggest things that was being overlooked from my understanding is the human behavior aspect and so the first low orbit test that they did they put a couple different people up into low orbit from the u.s and they were my understanding is like uh almost like to the point of like choking each other out and like uh fist fighting up there like it was like not going well because of like disagreements that were happening um so when they landed they called some different people in behavioral uh behavioral sciences saying like hey like we've got this issue we need to solve it so there's a couple of folks that went down izzy gold diamond um joe lang i think was evolved at that point too um but israel gold diamond was the main um, gentlemen that they had called on and they started helping them develop like practices to be able to avoid those which the first one which is super simple but again when you're like racing and trying to figure out how two million parts like work to get you into outer space like these things were being overlooked was just how did you put them together 
in a small confined area on the ground to just see if they get along. Like that's that's your first basic test. You're talking about the actual people? how they're gonna happen. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. so there was little things were being overlooked of wow. do we do we mm-hmm. put people together in these small confined spaces spaces to see how they get along prior to sending them into space under these like high stress circumstances because we sure. can learn from that situation first and mm-hmm. foremost and that developed into part of the selection process. Um, a lot of the selection process procedures, I think, were adapted through um, some behavioral thinking of Israel Goldman and others. But my understanding is there was a whole lot of scientists, a whole lot of other people that are involved there. They were just one people, or one sorry, one field represented in that inter or interdisciplinary collaboration to try to solve that problem of like how do we get people to work together, collaborate, and, mm-hmm. and, and achieve the mission, and not let other things right get in the way of that. So wow. that was that was one of them. Um, I see. I see. Uh, yeah. th- this is something that uh, I was just thinking about while we were talking about human behavior in space. Um, does human behavior um, like evolve in separate locations? Like if someone's in a remote island or something, do the people yeah. that behave different than people like us? We're all connected right now, right? So if there was like a Mars human civilization and Earth human civilization, yeah. would they behave differently? So... Um, let me try to answer that through like a wrap up of why I got into this, because I think it's okay. going to be like, perfect. So <laughs> when I realized all these other applications, you start asking mm. questions like you just asked, right. Of like, right. how is this all related? And like, what happens in different areas of the world? And, um, so for me, it was, it was realizing that there's, there's kind of these basic principles, ways in which our behavior is shaped and influenced. Um, and that was the connecting thing. Like when you understand the science of how our behavior is influenced by these different ways, then you can start to leverage those into different areas, different fields, different solutions that need to be solved. So when I was listing like all these crazy things that were going on, um, like uh, in addition to that, there's like a lot of educational resources. There were some people that helped with like the educational material and the design of um, the presentation of things during like Sesame Street. Like there's like crazy stuff all over the place that these people were involved in. Um, And it was like that unifying like understanding of the principles of behavior and how they affect situations that you can then leverage and bring another application so i went to masters i went and got a master's degree at the florida institute of technology to like try to understand all of that and like get really good at that and since i've just like evolved in this like digital nomad that knows a lot of like weird stuff about human behavior i try to create courses and tell people about it but there's just like so much it's it's got me all over the place um and so to more directly answer your question now part of what part of um, that answer is like, we've started to realize that there's certain things. So like, for example, um, two technical terms I'll describe real quick. Like you have your, we're situated in uh, behavior analysis. The field is situated within a evolutionary science perspective. And so like, we come from that perspective. We hold assumptions from that. Wow. Um, okay. Two, two things that would mm-hmm. directly apply that we can maybe pull apart more if you're interested is you have what they call your phylogeny. It's just your behavior that you've acquired as a result of being a member of the species. So since we're all humans, like we all do certain things when it comes to blinking, when it comes to sneezing, when it comes to coughing, um, when it comes to like rooting reflexes, think about it like a lot of our basic reflexes that we have when we come out of the womb. Like we all have those because we're a member of that species. I see. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing, which is like super fascinating, that I think behavior analysis really brought to the forefront is the other side of that phylogeny would be what they call your ontogeny, which is just the behavior that you acquire within your lifetime. And this is really fascinating because um, things like language, like why we see languages shape up universally around the globe, but they all look so different 
is because we all have the ability to learn like within our lifetime that are due to our ontogeny. Um, but we don't do it in the same way due to our culture and like where we're at in the world and those sort of things. So we see similar patterns shape up, like language is one of those, right. um, but language is completely different everywhere mm-hmm. you're at. And the, like you see different dialects, subcultures and mm-hmm. things get, you know, influence this. Right. It can happen generationally, mm-hmm. geographically within internet subcultures, whatever. Right. So, right. Um, but that's all so due that's to just, yes. our ability. Right. right. Um, yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah, yeah. behaves differently, kind of, right? And everyone behaves like in the groups, kind of. Yeah. So if you wanted to think about it, like we all behave with respect to kind of like an algorithm that influences us. And I'm using mm-hmm. that kind of loosely here. Like, <laughs> um, uh. and, and that's like being part of a species, being part of a subculture, uh, culture, being like where you're geographically at, what you're working in, um, your friend group, right? Like, who you subscribe to and pay attention to like all of this influences you mm-hmm. and it all influences us like we all have those similar parameters but we all have different weights and how much those influence us right those make sense i see yeah amazing um moving on uh mm-hmm. you talked about how the algorithm is influencing us i think i think this is a perfect time to talk <laughs> yeah. about that yeah right <laughs> yep pretty much let's jump right into jump it, right yeah. into it. Uh, yeah. uh, ryan how's the internet controlling us um so controlling our behavior sure from my perspective that i hold and i'm just gonna be kind of like communicating this behavioral perspective the whole time so anything that what we found is like anything that happens after our behavior has a pretty significant influence on what we do so for example um if i were to uh something simple i swing a baseball bat pick a sport that you like whatever you do there has like an action, right? Like if I swing right. a bat, baseball bat, whether I hit, foul, miss completely, like those have actions and direct feedback on the behavior that preceded it. So for example, if I swing and miss, like I'm gonna adjust potentially my batting stance, other things that I do because it didn't work, right? Like it is right. in a way it's like punished or suppressed that, that incorrect behavior. But when I actually connect correctly, like I hit a home run or something like that, then it's going to reinforce that. And so you mm-hmm. can see like, this is how superstitious sort of stuff shapes up all the time. Like batters will have like certain things that they do and they like fix their oh. gloves and like stuff like that. And it's because like what's going on is our susceptibility to be reinforced or punished through like immediate things that happen after start to shape those sort of things. And so when I think about internet behavior to try to bring it into that, Things that we're doing online, for example, like you, we probably have all at some point um, been complete trolls and like shit posts online. And we've also been the other side <laughs> yeah. of that spectrum where we're like yep. being very pro-social and like we're mm-hmm. trying to like build a relationship or like move something forward, right? right. Um, that is shaped because of the past interactions and how you've been treated. Does that make sense? So like if you're in a culture where people are only reinforcing and like praising you for the trolling you're going to troll more often. Like that's just like how it's likely to happen. But if you're someone that's in that pro social community, that's trying to like move something forward without trolling, without shitposting, then you're more likely to be uh, doing that sort of behavior because those differences and those social influences, does that make sense? Yeah, no. So, so trolls are being reinforced is what you're saying. And so they troll more. That's one aspect. But the crazy thing is like your own behavior can be reinforced by your own behavior. So like 
if I troll, it doesn't necessarily need to have like likes and things like that to like reinforce it. If I feel as though that I actually got them on that troll and like I had a really good dig on them, that might be sufficient to keep that going. So like when I was saying, we all have our kind of own algorithm of influence. Yeah. Unfortunately, we all have our own algorithm of influence. So mm-hmm. um, internet's really interesting because I really think that what happened was the uh, social media platforms and you can take Google, you can take Amazon. Like there's a lot of that examples here. I'm going to be US centric, obviously, since I'm in the US and like influenced by that the most. I'll try to um, trust me. Everyone's but, everyone around the world is influenced <laughs> by Facebook. Yeah. By, yeah. Instagram. But yeah. <laughs> so what they realized is that you can yeah. start to measure every single aspect of like how long you're scrolling, how long you're pausing, what you're liking, what you're commenting. The nature of those comments can be analyzed right through neural language, pro- neural uh, language processing. There's a whole lot. And what they do is they're, they're realizing on the individual scale what influences you to keep you on the platform or doing different things on there. And so when it comes to how much does our, how much does the internet or like, yeah, how much does the internet shape our behavior? As much as you interact with it and like provide interaction back and forth with it, it as long as you're doing that, it is shaping your behavior. The more you do that, the more it's gonna shape your behavior. The less you do that, the less it's going to shape your behavior. That's my perspective on it. So mm. someone like me that's going to spend 10 hours today on the internet, like either recording this podcast, creating videos, things like that, like that much of my behavior today was influenced by it. Um, but okay. yeah. somebody that's not on social media or like not mm. on the internet isn't getting influenced by it, at least directly in their day to day. Although like they might indirectly get influenced because society slowly changes, right? But right. they're not getting affected as much. I have a right, good directly. question. Uh, do you think internet detoxing is something we should all adopt in our day-to-day, like our weekly like schedule, where we go a whole day, 24 hours, no internet, no anything, nothing to do with, like, yeah. no electronics, basically. Do you think this is going to help our behavior? And if so, how? Uh, probably. And it's I'm always going to have this thing of like, it depends on what your personal goal is and like mm-hmm. how the internet's affecting you. So for example, if I'm spending 15 hours, 18, let's, let's pick, let's pick someone that's like trying to stream. Let's say that there's someone that's trying to like become the next streamer and they're streaming 18 right. hours a day. They're going at it seven days a week and they're just like going, <laughs> going, going. Yeah. Um, it depends. Like, are you becoming ninja, right? Like, are you getting that <laughs> status and like those contracts to where you all of a sudden, like, it's like, your job. Are, yeah, like it's yeah. your job. You're raking in millions. Like your life's transforming. Mm-hmm. Or are you someone that's been streaming for three months and there's absolutely no progress? Like your Twitch account still says zero every time you stream. You know, like that's that. Uh, I, I want to acknowledge, like, if anyone's in that situation, like, there's a whole mental health like discussion and like topics you can jump into there, there or into that. But um, that might be a totally different situation in which like detoxing, rethinking things, and like reevaluating might be. Uh, uh, more called for. Not that people that are like super successful in the in the in the views and the opportunities don't also need to do that, but they're kind of different circumstances. And like what I'm trying to advocate for you right. is each individual person probably needs to be like, what are my goals? What are my values? What is my behavior doing to contribute towards those goals and values? And is this still my goals and values that I'm working towards? So like one quick example of myself, I got so into behavior analysis. Mm-hmm. If anyone's watching the video version, like there's just like a, tons of books back here. I was just like consume, consume, consume for a good three or four years. But like in hindsight, I was so into that and progressing into that sort of stuff that there was some things like really close relationships with my brother and my sister 
my father and things that were like deteriorating, not because of them, but because of my lack of like time that I was putting in with them. Right. Like I, so for me, it was like, I was caught in this like loop of everything I could learn and get better at was like helping me expand my perspective of the world and like help my clients out and like was really reinforcing and amazing. But there was um, uh, a cost to that, right? And that cost was something that I wasn't realizing the day to day. When I stepped back and I started creating this like habit of like, what's important to you today? And are you moving towards those? I was able to kind of like restructure my time. And I look at it the same Mm -hmm. way with the internet. So it really comes down like mm-hmm. it's tough. It, it's not, I know it's not the direct answer you're looking for, but like, it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is like, are you achieving what you want to achieve or not? And is the internet in the way? If it is, then you need to rethink that. And it might be learning new strategies on how to use the internet. It might be completely, you know, spending a day a week that you're just completely off of it and allowing you to reconnect to the world around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those people that like takes a day off every week, but I definitely take like a couple like three or four times a year, like two to like seven days off where I like go out mm-hmm. it's usually in the summer, I'll go out, I'll camp, I'll do something like that. I'm just getting completely away. Um, but that's different for everyone. Like I know some right. people that just like scroll daily for hours and like an hour is the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. like, mm-hmm. you should probably like rethink things, but like, mm-hmm. that's me imposing my belief system. Right, like, you know, gotta gotta some people get them just, to yeah, figure just... it out. They want to do what they want to, but how do you even know? I guess you, you got, um, you said you have to like identify your goal and kind of behave the way you want till you reach your goal. Mm-hmm. Right. How do you even identify your goal in the, to begin with? That's, that's one of the hardest things. I think like we're all like trying to do that or figure that out. Um, my number one strategy, which isn't always efficient was just do as much as I possibly could to figure <laughs> out what I liked and didn't like. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people advocate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some more general practices that have shaped up. So the one, if people are wanting to like really do this, what I, what I advocate for, what it's based on like actual science and literature too. And I do practice this just to like be really clear. Everybody is uh, <clears throat> spend, even if it's just a, a minute to five minutes a day on asking yourself what's important to you today. And like, what do you have to do? And are those in line? We always have to do stuff that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. But um, asking yourself that allow you like a little bit of reflection time and then you can start to plan around that. Um, mm-hmm. So I do that on a daily basis, just really mm-hmm. quickly in the morning. And then I do it on a weekly basis. And I spend mm-hmm. like a little bit more time there um, where I spend like more like a half hour. And I'm like reflecting on like what went well this week? What didn't go well? What do I want to do to maybe plan and adjust for the next week? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm a fan of trying to rethink those things even more in depth, like every month or three months, like spend a couple hours, lock up, you know, like put some music on and like really think about what you want to achieve and what you want to do. And like, what is your past behavior alluded yes. to and what can you adjust off that? So and that, yeah, just mm-hmm. throw some time out in a structured way is like the number one way to start figuring that out. I see. Yeah. Block out some time to think about that. So yeah. you said you talked about like two kinds of things where you like set goals for yourself in like three months periods or mm-hmm. like a week's period or longer period. And then you say every single day you wake up and you think, what do I want to do today? Mm-hmm. What if those two things don't align? Maybe today I don't feel yeah. great. And I feel like I just need to take it easy. Uh, while <laughs> the, what yeah. your, your goals want you to do is actually push a little harder. Um, yeah, this is, then? yeah, this is super hard. Cause you're like asking yeah. a, a question that's been asked for like all of humanity. I feel like, and it's like, <laughs> How do we, but it, it hasn't, but it hasn't been answered. Yeah. It's like, okay. how do we, 
how do we motivate ourselves is what mm -hmm. I kind of hear there. Right. I see. Um, and I think I've got, I've got this video that I did and it's like purely from the behavioral research again, it's like motivation isn't within you. It's around you. Like it's setting up your circumstances to try to motivate the behavior. And so I advocate for that process as a start is like, it gets you working with some tangible things around you to kind of pay attention to like, Oh, if I like spend some time interacting with my world, I can start to like figure out what to do next. The other, th the next thing is then like, how do you, each of your things that you want to do your goals, like what behaviors tied to it? And how do you start planning those sort of things like to, to work towards it? Um, so let's see internet wise, like if we're trying to understand like, someone maybe has spends, we, we all do this to some degree, I feel like, <laughs> like uh, if it's scrolling TikTok or scrolling Reddit or scrolling Facebook, whatever it is, like Instagram, like we all find ourselves in that kind of part time where we're like, oh, how long have I been scrolling for? <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. um, mm -hmm. If I, if that was like a, a, a habit that I was trying to change and mm -hmm. that was something I identified on something that I wanted to work on, um, then I would start with trying to understand the circumstances that lead to me picking up my phone. So what are those circumstances? This is gonna be different for everybody. Um, some common ones though, like it might be when you're around social situations that you're not comfortable in. Like it might be, that's a time where, you know, you're at a, a work, let's say you're at some sort of like work event or like family social situation. And you're just like not enjoying yourselves as much as everybody else. Like that's a time in which you can pick up your phone potentially. It might be um, something that you do when you have uh some downtime, like there's a lack of stimulation going on in your environment. So like you pick it up then it might be when you have a big task in front of you that you need to be working on. Right. Right. Um, it could be a number of different reasons. So mm -hmm. those, that's where I encourage people to start thinking about first is like, what are, what's triggering that behavior that you want to change? And you've got to figure that out because it's not, mm -hmm. it's not always the same thing for each of us, mm -hmm. which is why, which is why I think nobody's solved that motivation thing. It's not a, we're going to figure out how to motivate ourselves. It's, we have to teach people how to understand what's motivating them individually and how to identify those so that right. they can then create their own path forward. I see. What if someone finds it difficult to get motivated in general? Like even if they There's, fail to look around and observe and see the things that motivate them, what, what, is, yeah. like, what is there to do? it's like super hard <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you need i yeah. mean uh you need uh just so i guess listeners can understand like why i say that like when we're talking about you know scrolling too much on social media and we're talking about like unhealthy choices and making unhealthy habits or like um getting so consumed in something like I described with my own, like getting into the field of behavior analysis that I was like uh -huh. degrading relationships, right? Like I look at a lot of big societal issues that are like come down to questions like this. Um, one thing that you can do to help is find someone that's like really close to you that will speak some honesty to you and like work with them. So getting some sort of social component built in, if that's a colleague, if that's a loved one, the way that I do this is um, I asked some of my professional colleagues in behavior analysis to help me evaluate what I do in behavior analytic related things. I asked some of my family and friends to help me understand and evaluate and give me feedback on how I'm doing from their perspective on my personal goals. Like I kind of pull people that I trust to help me critique myself in different domains of my life that know them really well. So that's something you can do. Like the two of y'all knowing each other since right. a young age, right? Like you probably have conversations that only you two can have. And I wouldn't of be able course. to have those with you. 
because <laughs> you have this shared experience with one another, right? Yep. Sure. Um, so that's that would be my I think the biggest thing that I would suggest is like mm-hmm. start to try to have a relationship with some some of your friends or conversations on saying, hey, like we have this relationship. Could I could I would it be okay if I work with you and you work with me to like help transform and shape and like rethink this part of my life? It's super weird and it's but like that's you know it's like super weird and it depends on the person. Sorry, that would be my go-to. Yeah, so you say the person. So let's say I'm demotivated. So I go to Ali and I'm like, hey, um, can you help me get motivated? So what do you like suggest? Yeah, if someone is, or if someone sees someone, let's say I, Ali saw me and I was demotivated and he wants to help me out. Yeah, um, help myself out. Yeah, exactly. Help Ali be motivated. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the first thing would be. Uh, um, I guess there's, there's a line here where like, if somebody needs like serious help, mental health, behavioral help, like it crosses a line, especially based on where you're at. Like, um, I, I know the, the state federal local laws of like where I practice, but it's gonna be different based on states and such. Like there are certain lines in which you have to call, um, and like phone somebody that has like a credential or degree or some sort of certificate, something like that. And I don't want to like make everybody, um, I want to, I guess, Uh, like hat tip and acknowledge that like serious issues need those sort of things. If anybody needs that sort of stuff, I can provide a list. Maybe you guys can include in the show notes. Like when people look. Look at the description Um, below to all these. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, but when it comes to like more, I would say not like these are important. I don't want to, for lack of a better word, like not as serious quote in air quotations here, Mm -hmm. things like this, but, but like are clearly really important to people having a conversation, um, like we said, is the first step. So for example, um, saying like, Hey, I've noticed this about myself and I want to work on it. Would you be up for it? And like kind of gaining that consensual first step would be the first thing I would say. And the flip as well. So if you're approaching somebody else and saying, Hey, I realize you have, you know, um, this is going on in your life. Like, do you want some help with it? Like that consensual, like relationship and like get on the same page is always the first step. And that's even what a therapist is going to do. They're going to work on getting on the same page with you and making sure that everyone's like comfortable with like, Hey, we're going to like share more than we're used to. We're going to ideate brainstorm and we're going to like see where this goes. Um, that's always the first step there. So if I had um, my own colleague, I would like approach them and be like, Hey, like I'm struggling on understanding this area um, of practice. And like, I need some help and mentorship. Would you be open to do that? What would that require? You know, like, Right. Like, how do I make this kind of reciprocal worth your time? Mm-hmm. Is that just like the conversation? Cause you get a lot out of it. Or is that like, I need to pay you for your services, you know, like um, it's going to depend, but like, that's my first step um, from there. I'm a big fan of anybody that is very like pragmatic in nature, which just means they're goal goal oriented. And they're going to like, try to understand what helps them achieve their goals. So anybody that is, got a little bit of a keen eye for like psychology or understanding like what influences them is probably a good person to work with, but not always. Right. But like, that's probably a good indicator. I don't know. Does right. that directly answer? Ali? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I understand. Um, I, yeah. It's pretty, do you analyze your own behavior? Yeah. All, all the time. time. Always. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it ever bug you? Uh, it can. The, the, uh, so for example, like mm-hmm. I've said a few times in this pod or at least once in this podcast, but I, I've like looked to you all on the zoom screen a few times of saying, 
either saying like, does that make sense? Or right. I like pause. And then you give me this, like, yeah, like a little bit of a, like, I don't know if this is clicking like those that's <laughs> right. feed, that's feedback for me in the moment that I need to readjust my words. Like uh-huh. I look at it as like, unless I present the information in a way that makes sense to you. Um, if I present it in a way that makes sense to you, then it's going to work. But if I right. don't present it in a way that works to you, then I need to change my behavior of how I'm saying it so that it makes sense to you. Like, I'm not blaming you right. for a misunderstanding. I'm looking within and I'm trying to figure out like how to reshape it. It's so like, but you're telling us this right now, but these are your thoughts that are happening while you're talking like in general, like this is what I'm trying to tell you. So like if, yeah. if you're in a, like a situation where you're trying to be in the moment and then you're thinking, Oh, did, did he really understand? Like you're, like you're analyzing your own behavior mm-hmm. when you're supposed to just behave and just be yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all have that like inner dialogue though. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even when you're talking, you hear yourself thinking about stuff or like trying to plan your next. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, what do y'all think about right now? Is it purely just <laughs> my words in this podcast? Probably not, right? <laughs> I mean, with me, I, my, my mind is blank as can, blank can be. I just think about, I live in the moment of the conversation. and I, Right. That's good. That's that's like, the right place to be living. My, 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 my conversation and questions come within, with the momentum of the flow of the conversation. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but like... Yeah, no. That's what I'm trying Like, that's what I do. I don't ever think about... Okay, I'm gonna ask him this next, right? No, it just comes when it comes, and that's, okay, that's, that's how it is with me. What about you? That's Ali? very like present moment living. That's yeah. that's awesome. How about you, Ali? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's present moment, sometimes it's not really present moment. Cause yeah, I'm a little bit like you, where I like to like analyze my own behaviors and thoughts and something, but then sometimes it really just gets in the way of actually just yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I think this is like your classical, the therapist. <laughs> yeah it's like you're analyzing behavior of people all day so you start to analyze your own it's like a vicious cycle of oh i should probably stop doing this and that and this and that it can it can Mm -hmm. be um i mean like part of the like when you all reached out like this interview kind of format right like the Mm -hmm. what we're going through Mm -hmm. is is very similar though in the sense of like you're trying to understand the circumstances of like what uh, what i believe in and like how i behave and what i do so like, I, I really think that all of us all the time, like it's very much a, a human, for the most part, like a very human thing that we're kind of constantly asking ourselves, like, why is he or she or they doing that? Like, it might not be all the time, always, but mm-hmm. like, um, we're always trying to understand, you know, like, why did my girlfriend do that? Why did my boyfriend do that? Why did we're my mom say that? Why did my, yeah, like. Like why, like in the, like the U.S., like pick anything that's going on in the last like year and everybody across the world at some point damn near has said like, what the hell is going on, right? Um, <laughs> like we, we're all inquisitive and trying to understand behavior is my perspective that I was trying to mm-hmm. get there. And, and like, I do it in one way through this behavior analytic lens. And I think everyone's doing it to some degree and some mm-hmm. it's more interesting, but um, yeah, I probably do it more. <laughs> like get exhausted uh sometimes but it's not from like analyzing things it's from uh on i think it gets to the point where like you start to understand a lot of the things that do influence like certain social systems and then realizing how hard it is to change those gets very disheartening like that's one of those things so mm-hmm. not that i have everything figured out by any means but like uh if you want to take the u.s in the last year like looking at the just like continued social injustices and inequity that's built into our system as a result of how it's been designed and like how it churns and like operates 
um, that's disheartening because like it's not easy to change. Like, and it's right. whether mm-hmm. it's issues that we see in the presidency, issues that we saw with uh, continued racism, like whether it's issues with economic inequality, like any of those are just massive issues that we all see. When you start to understand them, you're like, oh, mm. we could influence these. This was built by humans. But like, how easy is it to actually change that? Mm. I think the that issue gets <laughs> knowledge is, knowledge in is terms a curse. Of behavior, I want to speak <laughs> much. Strictly, I know. <laughs> I, I want to speak it's rec- strictly, like strictly in terms of the behavior. I think we uh, like 21st, uh, or are we in the 21st century? Yeah, 21st yes, century. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. To 2021 human beings we like mm-hmm. things to be you know fast and now and i think that behavior is the reason why people are getting so upset in the terms of expecting a 200 or 300 or 400 year old problem to be solved in a day and night right and this is this is where i think it starts to become an issue when it talk in terms of human behavior right mm-hmm. so let's let's talk a little bit around that aspect of view what do you think about this statement um that's one of those key principles that i was talking about early on so like the principles that like we all operate under whether we're aware of it or not is immediacy of of like the immediate changes that happen around us like we are susceptible towards those um and so i think you're like spot on with what you're saying like it lines up with the science and most issues i think come down to realizing that uh we we have to learn as a species and like culture on how to recognize what the actual issues are and figure those things out, which is really tough. Cause like your own past reinforcement history, your own biases can like trick you into really understanding what the actual issues are. So that's really hard. But then um, from there, we also got to like realize, like you're saying like the long the, the systemic change comes from like a lot of behavior and products being produced it's like that, that actually changes the system. Um, and we're not good at that. Like there's this phenomenon in behavior analysis or behavioral research and economic research uh, that's called delayed discounting, which basically means that the shorter immediate rewards are going to have more value to any of us the, than the longer, yeah. larger rewards. So if I get the basic thing is like, I'm like, Hey, if I give you $10 a day, or a hundred dollars in ten years. You're like, give me the ten dollars today. This is the whole point of this little device, right? Right. Here, is to provide yep. you the constant, you know, quick, short term. Uh, mm-hmm. what's, what's the whole reinforcement? Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> what? Positive yeah. and the dopamine rush, and yep. it's like this is why I think I, like it took me a few years to understand why my dad calls us the digital handcuff. <laughs> like to slavery because it's just like whoa like we are we have gone to a point where again in behavior aspects we mm-hmm. cannot go a day without our phone yeah like mm-hmm. it's the and first thing we check as as soon as we wake up it's the last thing we check before we sleep and throughout the day like yeah dude here let's try this little experiment right i want you to <laughs> on your phones and check how many hours you've been using it oh my god today. i gotta see how much i actually use it today probably a lot <laughs> i check this out right i mm-hmm. i've used this for eight hours i don't know if oh, you guys wow know. like eight hours just today what right here right mm-hmm. literally eight hours 33 minutes 11 percent up from last week 
Eight hours a lot. I can't find mine. I average about 12 hours a week. I average about 11, I think. Let me check. Oh, wait, no, I I average at eight hours, actually. But my most was this week was, I think it was uh, Tuesday, where I did Mm -hmm. a whopping 11 hours. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. The thing with phone time also, I feel like you say that it's crazy, but you could be doing different things on the phone. Sometimes I'm just opening up like ways and I'm driving somewhere or I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something. So that's why they give you those categories, right? Social entertainment, productivity and finance, things like that. So um, that's actually like to kind of tie it back in. Like those are the sort of questions I ask myself when I'm doing that brainstorming kind of Mm -hmm. like reflection period time. Um, as I'm like, Hey, how much time did you spend on entertainment? How much time did you spend? And like, if Two I was spend... on YouTube, yeah, <laughs> Two hours on WhatsApp, an hour and eight minutes on Snapchat, uh... on Discord, 25 minutes on Twitter, 21 minutes on Netflix, 18 minutes on Instagram, and yeah. then solitaire, safari, uh, then my banking accounts and all that shit. So if I looked at my entertainment, for example, on Monday, my entertainment was sitting at uh, four hours, which seems crazy. But I was listening to uh, videos about things I'm trying to learn while I drove for four hours. Mm -hmm. So like those categories aren't always perfect. You always like if you do that deep reflection, like actually look at your your the data around you and the information around you. I think you can start to learn like, hey, this is acceptable. This wasn't Um, I've had other weeks like uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I spent watching all weekend a bunch of different Sundance films because I bought a pass to like watch your digital films. So if you looked at that, I spent like 36 hours over three days like watching films. That's ridiculous. Right. But like it made sense for the context because right. I had this past and like I mm-hmm. like dedicated the time. So um, yeah, the like these, what whether they planned it or not, or they just stumbled across it, tech companies whether it's phone hardware software design whatever it is like i've realized like how to tap into our behavioral psychology and like psychology and like what actually does get us to pick these things up and pay attention yeah. right um if you want to see like the social dilemma was the big documentary that everyone was talking about right. last year like Phoenix. that dives into yeah. like showing a good picture of those sort of things i still have um, no spoilers okay no well spoilers, i mean no you got i mean you got to know what, what what goes on just a little bit that the algorithm kind of controls you it's kind of programmed That's in it? ai i mean we kind of yeah. already said that on the show yeah we've talked uh, yeah, about yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of obvious <laughs> i mean it's not that obvious but like once you actually know how the algorithm is actually trying to control your behavior i, mean, I start at least for me i start like every time i use my phone i'm kind of more wary of using just in, interfering with my phone at all because i know all of it's kind of programmed to suck you in as long as possible yeah and yeah. so the question I ask myself is like, um, so I guess first step is like knowing that these things are leveraged to try to get you to spend more time is like an important first step since so you start to plan around it. Now, um, there's always like, I feel like a missing discussion there. I just mm-hmm. want to acknowledge if anyone's like, like upset right now that's listening. It's like, <laughs> these things also provided like revolutionary change in certain right. ways. Like, like the Arab Spring is a good example of like, mm-hmm of like the ability to communicate and like overthrow systems potentially right. um like there's yeah. and like the you like uh there's still a lot to overcome and like achieve but like there's i feel like it's much good as there is bad it's like a 50 50 sort of situation mm-hmm. but for me it's well, like knowing <laughs> yeah it's it's knowing that they it's knowing that they've influenced you um mm-hmm. and that they influence you and then from there it's like uh, like I said, it's just like planning and adjusting to like how much they are influencing you. For example, I hopped on Clubhouse a couple weeks ago and Clubhouse is sending me notifications. Yesterday, they're sending notifications like every like literally 30 minutes of like, 
hey, this talk's happening. Hey, this these people are talking. And it was just like clubhouse. Like it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I've got 15 messages from you. Like, stop. Like, like I'm not clicking in. Like, like, it's like, like and so I went in. So I went in and I changed and I was just like, stop putting these, these notifications anywhere except for my notification feed. Like, I don't want them popping up. I will look at them at the end of the day when I scroll through, but like, this is completely obnoxious. Um, and so it's like, with that information and knowing that people are going to get you to try to click in, you can leverage that. So like, I don't want to get spend as much time getting notified about Clubhouse because it was distracting me from things that I'm doing. But there's certain things that I do keep on here. Like uh, I've got, I'm like super into uh, blockchain technology and crypto sort of stuff right now. Like I do have notifications set for like big fluctuations and changes or like certain things and um, from certain people because like I want to know what's going on in the world. Same with like, uh, like news articles. I've got like certain apps that like allow it to push because like for example, the, the January 6th, like insurrection attempt in the US, like, right. uh, I want to know when that sort of stuff's going on, just like have an idea of what's, what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. like, you can like, what I'm getting at is like, you can individually craft, like what you want to influence you more once you right. know that. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, also speaking of the insurrection, I want to talk about this <laughs> last point lightly, how, um, when the internet spills over into real life, when some like some people are toxic online and they're just saying mean things, that's one thing. But when all these people come together and they're actually, you know, <laughs> rioting into the the White House, yeah. right? That's a different kind of. vibe. how does that happen for the right? How does the internet spill over into human behavior? Yeah. Um, so from this behavioral science perspective, uh, the one of the largest like. Uh, uh, factors that influence us individually is our environment and our environment to us is anything like you are part of my environment, all this world around me, like all of these things, like things that I'm interacting with that are affecting me, air mm-hmm. temperature, um, my notifications on my phone, like the, the, the state of my like blood pressure, heartbeat, right? Like all those things like impact us in the moment. Um, one of the largest things with the, uh, digital world is like we have our own individually crafted environments completely curated for us like nobody's phone internet feed social media feeds are exactly the same wow nobody's right <laughs> it's like, like a if fingerprint you, right <laughs> yeah, yeah like if we all if we all there's Wait, if we all compared yeah, true. <laughs> if we all compared <laughs> if we all compared the apps on our home all screen right. Pretty much. <laughs> completely individually different. yeah of course yeah if we all compared our social like our instagram feeds completely different yeah right, right. yeah everything and, <laughs> and so the thing here is that our individual environments are influencing us in ways that only we maybe understand like really it's whatever app or whatever you know What's context like that you're behaving so like like my like instagram knows my behavior and instagram facebook knows my behavior in that youtube knows it in that right like and they adjust and provide information to us based on our behavior within those and like so what you're what you're getting at there i guess what i'm trying to like tie up here is like know that your individual behavior is being influenced completely individually by your like these crafted environments that only Uh you actually come into contact with and then the individual providers or whoever's on the back end of these uh internet services right and then 
Um, <laughs> he's falling off his chair, right? And that's since where, that's what they call that home, is what I was thinking. Because like you open it up, and it's like your home. It's like your little universe with all the apps and stuff. You go yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you no, see how they selected these sort of things. <laughs> it's one of those part of part of the reason they selected users is because we're 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 like very closely. Uh, uh, it has very close analogies to like drug consumption and like abuse, right? <laughs> like, like <laughs> there's. There's some crazy stuff here. I to button up real quick before we go anywhere else is uh, your your question of like how does it transform from one to the other? What where I think that answer lies is actually in some of these tech companies and the data they have. Like mm -hmm. I think they could answer that question of like, hey, when certain information is presented repeatedly in this sort of way to these sort of people with these characteristics, right? We can start to get them to influence not only their, their online behavior, but it can pour over into different forms or different types of behavior, such as, you know, instruction. But like, this, like I don't want to just point that one out. Like, right. there's, that, that's a big part of like uh, forming a meetup, like a big YouTuber that wants to get a meetup. Like, they, that's the similar type of thing where it's like, how do we get this online behavior to push over into meeting up physically? When you have uh, good social justice issues, causes, like what was going on with, people meeting up in person and rallying, right? Like that's a similar sort of transfer where it's like, how do we get it from online to in-person action? Um, voting, right? Like how right. do we get people to, to show up to the polls and vote? Um, similar sorts of things. So like, I, I, I don't have a direct answer for you, but I think mm -hmm. the answer lies in anyone who's trying to understand like these massive data sets, which is largely locked up in private organizations right now. And like they're using <laughs> it to leverage, but also um, not to like, there are people like, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the MITs and such that are like learning creative ways to scrape and understand these sort of things through scraping data and whatnot. I just don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I hope somebody has that answer quickly because it's really scary. Like, and it could be really benefit, benefit humanity to know under what circumstances you can do those sort of things that you're right. doing for good too. Mm -hmm. Right. How sure. come? How come we trust, I just, this is a question that just popped in my mind. How come we trust our phones so much? <laughs> we shouldn't. We, we shouldn't, probably. Speaking, they have all these datas on us, right? But we right. completely trust. Have nothing on them. Right? We have nothing on, and we call, like, people will send private pictures, messages, like, secrets, mm -hmm. all that <laughs> shit. And it could, like, if, if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. They can easily grab all that stuff and use it against you, can they not? Like, we, so we, <laughs> like, it does, it blows my mind how much we trust our like devices and our electronics. You ask a really good question. We, we, we trust them because of those short term rewards, like mm -hmm. that phenomenon that we were talking about. Those short term rewards over, over, uh, influence the long term consequences of us not having it or us only using it you know x days a week or something like that that's the that's it like they, they've tapped not just them i don't want to like i i really feel like a lot of the social media companies are like trying to do the right thing so i'm like not trying to throw them under the bus right we should always like provide pressure and like make sure they're doing the right thing and ask questions be skeptical um i just don't i just i don't necessarily think that like zucks is back there like how do i mess up society today you know like <laughs> Like that just causes more I don't problems. Know. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, but the uh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. I, I might have lost my point there. What I was, yes. I think I was trying to get at was uh, how do we trust it so much? <laughs> is um, 
just do we don't have a it's choice that, it's it's <laughs> yeah. that it's that sh- uh, oh it's that just like phenomenon that uh all humans are susceptible to like these short-term things like this was and to tie back in that evolutionary perspective like the idea is that this was valuable to us when things were in short supply when when things like uh salty and sweet foods were in short supply because we were like hunter-gatherer phase or like building our crops whatever it is like growing crops um those things were hard to come by so us having a susceptibility to them was important so that we were uh mm-hmm. We consume them when they were presented to us. When you have, start to have a society full of abundance, whether that's salty foods, sweet foods, or we're talking about an abundance of uh, uh, potential um, things to distract us, like on our phones, and that starts to become a problem, right? Like it's when you hit this abundance phase, the things that were really well equipped for us to survive start to become things that work against us. It's this like beautiful unfortunate thing <laughs> like that's life beautiful unfortunate thing that's life uh <laughs> thank really, you so much ryan we've been this has yeah, been an hour we've hit our time stamp. Has it? yeah so fast um we could talk for long more but there we go that's an episode we got if people is- people won't watch long things they want to watch short things so there you yeah, go yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right. really much. Oh, um <laughs> appreciate the opportunity yes thank you so much for watching another episode Thanks, of the show if you like this episode help as much as we like making it for you guys please like subscribe to all that good shit uh we'll leave a link to ryan's socials and where you can follow him down in the description below as well uh ryan is there anything you'd like to shout out or let the world know uh no if you're into this sort of stuff i'll have some links down below to like learn more but uh yeah i create a bunch of like nerdy stuff on the daily ba that's my like youtube handle instagram handle stuff like that and um i don't know knowledge is power like read and understand your human behavior and how it's being influenced because that's the first step <laughs> amazing all right we'll check it out make sure to subscribe this has been another episode and check it out Woo! cool cool we lost Ali for a sec but that's fine no worries um i can check